Thank you. Hey, folks. I've got two stories for you, both set in Toronto in Canada, a few decades apart. But first, let's read today's scripture. So if you want to turn, if you've got a Bible, to Mark 15. Hopefully it'll come up on the screen behind me. Mark 15, verses 33 to 39 says this. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood there in front of Jesus, saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Okay, back to the stories. It's 1992, Toronto, Canada. The Blue Jays have just won the World Series in baseball. I became a lifelong fan. I had a severe milk allergy. I was born with it. One drop of milk in a hundred drops of water would have made me react. The dilution would have made it still made me react. We went on a church retreat there, and some people prayed, and I was healed like that overnight. One day to the next, I had an allergy, and then I didn't. Now, that's a pretty good foundation for prayer, if you ask me, hey? Fast forward with me to 2018. Antonio and I sold all of our possessions, and we moved, for me, back to Toronto, but for Antonio the first time. The day we moved into our apartment on Keel Street, Antonio woke up with loads of pain, so we had to go to the doctor, and a number of tests later, she was diagnosed with uh, a condition, and that had been there supposedly for a long time, but it had just been masked. It was a chronic condition, and that then kick-started a number of years where I then to, began to felt like I've got no idea where God is in this situation. COVID hit. We were both self-employed. We were back in the UK by this point, but all, all of the work dried up literally overnight. I was due to be going to Japan on tour, and the day we were flying, the flights got cancelled and the tour got pulled. God, where are you? Antonia then needed a number of operations, and every time she had one, the news seemed to get worse. God, where are you? The, our fertility was impacted as a result of the condition and a result of the uh, number of surgeries. God, where are you? We did IVF and that failed. God, where are you? The lesson that I'd learned at five years old of prayer just happening didn't seem to be working. It didn't seem to work this time. Why wasn't he working instantly? He did it before. He, he fixed that instantly. It wasn't going that way this time. My God, why have you forsaken me? I found that all I had the energy for was to sit and read a psalm every day. I couldn't do anything else. Any that were too positive, I just skipped past. Not that. Till I found, someone that, till I found one that, that felt a little bit more how I was feeling. I lit a candle and I found solace in someone else's feelings that mirrored my own. My God, why have you forsaken me? 
Jesus is quoting Psalm 22 in the passage that we just read. David wrote these words. Perhaps he was being chased by Saul at the time. We don't know. The soldiers didn't understand. They thought he was asking for Elijah. For any Jewish people there would have, would have known that he was quoting this psalm. There are a number of parallels between Jesus' death and what David writes in, in that psalm. There's abandonment, thirst, casting of lots, dividing of clothes. Was it prophetic? Was Jesus relating to what David wrote? I'm not sure, but here's what I do know. It's honest, isn't it? The Psalms are all very honest. In my asking God where was he, I sort of found I was already doing what I needed to be doing, and that was being honest. I found that all the, when I was reading through the Psalms, that's, what they were, that's, that's all, all I had energy for, but it's almost like that's all I needed because I just needed to learn I could be honest with, with God. That's what I learned, to be honest, that God can take it. I previously thought that I need to come to God with all the I's dotted and the T's crossed and everything sort of packaged neatly. But I learned that I can be honest. David didn't come with his I's dotted and T's crossed, and neither did Jesus. I'm sure that David probably knew that he wasn't forsaken, because he wrote a lot of other things that are much more uplifting, but in that moment, he was honest. Jesus definitely knew that he wasn't forsaken, because he was God. But, but in that moment, again, in his humanity, he was honest. They brought their feelings to God. Interestingly, what I found reading through the Psalms is very few of them end how they start. As for this one, this Psalm 22 ends, he has done it which is quite different to, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? Also, it's very similar to what Jesus says when he dies. Clearly, being honest has an impact. They don't stay where they started. Through being honest, somehow they're going on a journey. That's the invitation for us today. Whether you're in a dark night or the morning has come, metaphorically, you can bring your feelings to Jesus. You can bring your full self. The passage that we read described the temple curtain being torn in two from top to bottom, from heaven downwards. That curtain was the doorway to God's presence for the people in the Old Testament. And only one person could go in there once a year. And then from that moment on, Jesus' death is torn. The barrier what was a barrier is now an entrance. We can come freely. We can walk freely to God. But I hear you. Why bother? If I feel abandoned, why do I bother going to God? Well, I've got two reasons for you. First, he can change the circumstances. Like when I was five years old, some people prayed for me, instantly changed. He can do that. You looked last week at Jesus praying for us. We've been looking at prayer since September. I was dramatically healed. My mum has a doctor's note that says I would always have this milk allergy. And when I was, I have, well, I haven't had one for 30 years. It, it, was, it was changed overnight when I was five. You, sorry, that's what I was saying. You, you were looking last week at, at Jesus praying for us. He contends for us. He's praying for us. 
and he has the power to change things. And secondly, and maybe more importantly, he can change you. My circumstances in the second story didn't change for a while, and some still haven't changed. But what I found is peace. And so he's, he's changing me. He didn't change the situations straight away, but he brought me peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. He promises to work all things for our good. Those who love him, he promises to work all things, it says in Romans. That doesn't mean that bad things won't happen, but it does mean that he'll be there and he's going to work those things to come good for you. There's a song that says, even when I don't see it, you're working. And that's true. We can't always see what he's up to. We can't always see that he's doing things. And sometimes it just feels like I have no idea what you're doing. But we can be sure that he is, he is moving. He is always working. There's going to be an opportunity to pray shortly. And whether or not you come forward for, for prayer, I think let's just all take a moment and bring our full selves to God. We can be honest with him. He can take it. He's got broad enough shoulders to take all of our feelings. David modeled that and Jesus modeled that. And it's something that we can do. We don't, we, there's, there's obviously a holiness to God that we come before, but we don't have to be, like Jesus is our perfection. We don't have to bring perfection to him. He knows that we're human, and Jesus walked this earth as a human. He understands that. He understands those feelings. So we can bring all those things to him. The good, the bad, the ugly, work, finances, family, job security, cost of living, anything. We can bring that all to him. Sometimes life is hard, but we have a God who cares, who listens, and wants to bring us peace. So why don't we do that? He can bring us peace. I think, um, well, we, we'll go into a time of prayer now and, and, and John and Nicola will lead that. But I think, for fear of repeating myself, I think there's just, uh, I, I learned so much just by bringing myself to Jesus, just bringing not, not who I thought he wanted me to be, but who I actually was, who, who I was actually feeling. And that has been transfer, transformational for me in terms of then knowing peace, like knowing him. And, and, it's, and I think probably is this, the same is true for everyone else. So that would be my encouragement is just bring all of your full self and feelings to Jesus.